Here's what most people don't know about the idea of being humble, and it might change the way you think about things in life in general. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses, and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Today, let's talk about the word humble. I hear lots of people use it, especially in Australia. A lot of other countries use it as well. I know that we do have a worldwide audience now, which is pretty cool. For those of you who are listening globally as well and you're not in Australia, thank you for listening to this podcast. It's absolutely awesome to know that this is going out to many countries across the world. I look at the sitemap every week and it blows my mind that, first of all, that there are thousands of people listening to this podcast and also as well that there are people around the world listening to this, which is pretty cool. So let's talk Talk about the word humble. So I don't know if this word is used quite common overseas as well, but in Australia it's used quite a lot. Now, if you're someone who exuberant and you're out there and you're pushing hard in life, a lot of Australians for some reason don't like it. And I hear this idea of make sure you stay humble, stay humble, you know, stay humble. So I thought I would look up the word and actually see what it means. And then I did this a while ago, so this isn't new. Um, it just came up the other day, so I thought I will talk about it on the podcast. But I'm going to introduce you to why I look up words. Now, first of all, I go and study a field of uh, a field called etymology. Now, etymology is the study of the history and the meaning of words. So it's normally the origin of words and what they mean. Now, why is this important? Because if you're someone who is trying to piece together large amounts of knowledge, you need to know where words start from and how they change. And what was the original meaning of the words? Why did we give meaning to certain words and why do we use them? What I've found is it gives a massive insight into human behavior. And it's something that a lot of people challenge me on over the years. Because if you look at words like passion, the word passion, the original meaning or the etymology of the word means to suffer. Now, when people chase this idea of following their passions, they're normally following an elated state where they perceive more benefits and disadvantages of doing that thing. Now, people who normally do things that they're passionate about normally do it because they're in an elated emotional state and they don't see the downsides or the negatives of doing something. And when they do, they normally learn the disadvantages of doing that thing. Now, when someone's in a passionate relationship, passionate relationships are exciting, but they're normally highly volatile. Over many, many years of living with somebody and spending time with a person, you start to see that their benefits are also drawbacks and their drawbacks are also benefits. So let's say you're dating someone who is very beautiful. Now, when you first start dating them, you go, wow, that person's beautiful, they're gorgeous, they're stunning, look how beautiful they are. But when you start living with them, over the years, you start going, shit, they spend all this time in the bathroom, they're going to to yoga, they ha they're looking after themselves all the time, they won't eat certain foods, and that starts to irritate the person. That's because the word passion means to suffer. So when you're normally passionate, you'll see an upside without a downside. You'll see a positive without a negative. But all people have positives and negatives. So in any area of life, you have both positives and negatives. So I love exercising. It's great to be fit. But at the same time, that comes at a cost there's always a cost in your values. So there are benefits and there are drawbacks, there are advantages and disadvantages. When you look at the word love, the word love essentially is a balance point. And that's why great philosophers have used the word love and even great theologians or, or religious leaders have used the word love for thousands upon thousands of years because love is more of a balanced state. When you, live, when you love your kids or you love your partner, you realize that they're both your dream and your nightmare. Whereas when you start dating somebody, all you see is their upsides. You only see all their benefits. You see all the great things about them. You don't see their downsides. But as you start living with them, you start to see all their downsides and all the disadvantages or the negatives 
and that can cause a lot of volatilities in relationships. Now, most people, why does it matter? Like why do, you know, most people say to me, why does all that shit matter? It doesn't. It only matters if you really wanna understand human behavior and you really wanna understand what helps people to excel and why people do what they do. I know that most people who follow their passions normally are very volatile. They will normally chase things when they're exciting and they'll chase things when they're motivated, but when they start burning out, they start losing the passion. I know that people who love passionate relationships, they chase the energetic and exciting relationships, but they will normally meet someone, go out with them for a while, and then after a while they go, you know what, the relationship's missing something, you know, I don't know what it is. That's because after a while they start to see all the downsides and the disadvantages of the person that they're dating, and so they, they start to lose that excitement of wanting to see that person, and so they break up. Whereas if you can hang with that person for long enough and you start to see that their benefits, that they have both benefits and disadvantages, and their disadvantages have benefits and their benefits have disadvantages, then you actually start to love the person. And true love is understanding a person. And I say this quite a lot to people who have relationship issues, either with their family or their friends or things like that. And I ask them, I say, does your partner love you or do they love the idea of you? Because just because someone says I love you doesn't mean they love you. They might love the idea of you. If they really love you, then they love all of you. And that means all the downsides, the negatives, all the fucked up shit as well. They love everything because that's who you are. If they love the idea of you, they will say they love you when you do the shit that fits into the things that they want you to be and do. That's not real love, that's passion. So that, that's also manipulation. Uh, that's very narcissistic. And most people are pretty narcissistic. Not that there's a bad thing with being narcissistic. I mean, that word gets thrown around a lot these days, but ultimately people who are narcissistic attract altruistic people and altruistic people love giving up their values in order to serve others and please others. And people who are narcissistic tend to be with someone who wants to give up their values in order to please the other person. And, and someone who's a bit more narcissistic will prioritize their values and what's important to them over others. And so um, those two types of people normally attract each other into a relationship. And there's a very valuable lesson and learning in there, but I won't get into that. I'll leave that for another episode. But coming back to the word humble, I, I, I went into this stuff because etymology matters. And I, I really believe it makes a massive difference. And that's probably what's made me one of the world's best mental performance coaches on the planet because most people who study psychology and the fields of mental health or mental performance or anything to do with human behavior normally don't go back and study these things. So they use words and they think that certain things are good when they actually fuck people up. I know that most people who follow their passions are normally out of balance. So therefore, if I can start to show them downsides and upsides and get them clear with their values and all that sort of stuff, they start to balance out and stabilize as people and they're more effective at getting results long-term because they'll be more committed to things instead of consistently chasing fantasies and or you know starting one thing and then jumping across to something else and then jumping across to something else and jumping across to something else because that's passion essentially. But let's come back to the word humble. So the word humble, when you study etymology, the word humble means to be submissive, to be respectful. It means lowly in manner, modest, not self-asserting, obedient. So when I hear people say, you know, you should just be humble, stay humble. What they're saying is stay submissive, stay lowly in manner, stay modest. You know, don't do too much, just, just fit in. Don't be self-asserting. So don't say what you want, don't be what you want. Just fit in, be obedient. That's what humble really means. So personally, I don't really enjoy the word. You know, when people around me have say, said before, you know, you need to be humble. I'm like, fuck that. I'd rather stand out and be a little bit crazy. I'd rather be in the top 1% than, you know, fit in with the 80 to 90% of the population who just do what everybody else does because they're worried about fitting in. The thing is that people who fit in very rarely ever stand out. And it's the people who stand out and it's the things that stand out that inspire people to be great. And this is what I teach at a lot of my business events. When 
I hear people, business owners, who have a lot of people around them who tell them to be humble. You know, don't do not do too much. You know, it's not all about the money. It's not, you don't have to work so hard. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to pull people back to average. But what I do know is that if you want to inspire others, you can't inspire others by being average. No athlete gets on stage and says, hey kids, you know what the key to my athletic performance is? Being average. Train average. Think average. Do average. Be average. Because they know that kids don't want to do that. Kids want to stand out. They want to do something great. That's conditioned. And that's normally conditioned by a whole bunch of adults that have become humbled. And they become humbled because they listen to other people around them who have also become humbled. And who consistently bitch and moan and complain and all of that sort of stuff because they gave up on their own dreams. And those adults also tried to fit in. And so because they lost their dreams, they decided to take away the dreams of others around them as well. That's what being humbled means. Don't be that person. Don't be humble. Be great. So the next time someone tells you, just be humble. Just say, I'd rather be great. I'd rather go out there and I'd rather do something that stands out because I'd rather inspire other people by working hard, by thinking differently, by being different, by being creative, and by pushing against the norm. I would rather be that than be the person who is humble and fits into the average. Average is mediocre. Mediocrity is average. You don't want to be average. You don't want to be mediocre. You want to be great, especially if you're listening to this podcast. I mean, that's why I created our community called the Driven Mofos, because I essentially wanted to piss off people who had settled for average. I knew that if I called a community of people the Driven Mofos, that a lot of people who subscribe to political correctness, it would already piss them off. And so they would send me a whole bunch of hate messages on social media, but that's great because then they never have to come to my events. And what I found was that years ago, I would have a lot of people who would come to my events and I would talk about all this inspiring stuff and the dreams and the goals that I had. And these other people would come up to me and they'd bitch and they'd moan and they'd complain and they'd go, I don't know, you just, you know, you seem to just be a bit over the top. And I'm like, fuck off. I'd rather be over the top with over the top people. I, I would rather have a whole bunch of people around me who are pushing the limits and who want to achieve great things because they know that no person is inspired by average. No one really wants to be average. Everyone that I have met that is driven wants to stand out above the average because they know that mediocrity sucks and they know that average is shit. But unfortunately, the majority of research in this world is done on the average population, which sucks, which is why I think you know some of the health science out there is pretty bad. Also why I think some of the mental health industry is struggling so much because they're trying to make people who may be suffering and who have hit rock bottom come back to average. And the truth is that most people don't want to be average. They want to be great. But at the same time, they want to be great, but also are scared shitless of judgment and are scared shitless of criticism and are scared shitless of people around them telling them, you know, you need to be humble. Don't stand out too much. Don't think too big. Don't dream too big. Don't do too much. People judge you. People criticize you. You know, I was told that the majority of my life. But what I know is that when I drive around in my McLaren, that little kids stand there and they smile and they wave and they go, that's fucking cool. And you watch their faces light up. And if any of you who are listening to this stuff have ever been out with me in my car before, some of you have been out. I, I know that there are people from the community who listen to this and I've gone out and had coffee with you before and taken you out in the car. When a little kid sees my car, they light up. And it doesn't matter, boys, girls, whatever. They just light up. They see it and it's just like, wow, you watch their face. Why? Because they have enthusiasm. They have dreams and they have goals. And they can see something that's different. They can see something that's exciting. They see something that is just so different than the average and it lights them up. But when I see the majority of adults out there, the majority of adults, it just pisses them off or it irritates them. Why? Because I have something that they don't have. I have something that they probably will never be able to have. And it's not that they can't have it. It's just that they choose not to have it because they decided to fit into the average. They decided to not be judged. They decided to not be criticized. So now they become the judger. They become the person 
who criticizes. They're the one who sits there and goes, oh, look at that wanker in that car. Oh, he's probably a drug dealer or some fucking stupid thing because it justifies their mediocrity. It justifies them being humbled and them fitting in, them being submissive and lowly in manner, modest, not self-asserting, being obedient, trying to fit into what everyone else said they should be. And so they gave up on their dreams, just like probably their parents or the people who told them that they should be humble. So if you're listening to this Driven Mofos, don't be humble. Get out there, crush it, dream big, keep pushing hard. I believe in you, even if you don't believe in you. And that's something that I said to a client ages ago. I had this guy who came in to see me and I had confronted him about a few things. Like I tell everybody when I work with them, if you want me for private coaching, first of all, it costs a lot. And it costs a lot because I need to know that someone's ready. I don't just do this shit for shits and giggles. I do it because I really want people to get great results. So first of all, I charge a lot because it separates those who really want results from those who don't. Now, I've had plenty of people who go, you charge a lot, but they'll go out and spend $5,000 on a Louis Vuitton handbag. And then they go and spend money on Botox and their hair all the time and their new car and all this shit, but then they won't invest in themselves for private coaching. Yeah, it's their mindset that keeps fucking up their goals and their dreams and everything like that. And so they're not getting the results that they want. All the difference is, is that one shows the external world that they're doing well, but the other one is their internal world that's falling apart. So they would rather have an internal world that's falling apart and is self-destructive, yet have an external life that looks like they've got their shit together with their new car and their Botox and their you know new clothes and their Louis Vuitton handbag and all that sort of stuff. And so they won't invest in this sort of stuff, which is great because it keeps them away from me for long enough where, you know, hopefully they'll have enough pain where they'll realize that the shit that they're doing is not working to get them the results that they want. The other thing that I do as well is that I tell people when I work with people, I only have two rules. The first one is that I only work with people that I like because if I don't know, like, and trust someone and they can't, if they don't know, like, and trust me, then we're not going to get good results together. So I need to be able to have that trust with them. And secondly, when we work together, we're not friends. And that's because as a coach, sometimes I've got to tell you things and hold you accountable to things that you're going to hate. The reason why I do that is because I don't care that if you don't like me, I care that you like yourself. And so my job is to make you like you more because you're the greatest gift that you can give to yourself. And so if you don't believe in yourself, then you're not going to get the results that you want. You're not going to have self-love, self-respect, self-confidence, self-appreciation, all those great things that make life worth living. So they're the two rules that I have. Number one is is that I only do business with friends. And number two is that when we work together, we're not friends. And that's because I have to be your coach. And to be your coach, I've got to get the best out of you, which means that I need to hold you accountable and I don't need to, need to be able to push you. But anyway, I was working with this client ages ago and we had a bit of a conflict because they kept thinking that they weren't doing things, yet the results in their life were showing that they weren't getting the results that they want. Their relationships kept falling apart. They were very narcissistic in uh, the way that they dealt with people. They would use and abuse people quite a lot and they would just throw people to the gutter if they didn't get what they want. And so anyway, I'd confronted them. This person got pissed off quite a, quite a bit a few times during the session. And he said, oh, this is bullshit. Um, you know, this is crap. I want to go do some other things. Like I want to work on this stuff. And I said, no, we're working on these things. I'm the coach. I'm going to, you know, it's this is up to me the way that the session runs, not you. If you could figure this shit out, then you wouldn't be in my office in the first place. So I was pretty, I was pretty blunt with him. Anyway, he got up and went to storm out. And I said, here's the thing. If you leave my office, you know that you gave up on yourself. I never gave up on you. And that's one thing that I will consistently say about the way that I operate and the way that I work as a coach and also the way I work as a teacher and a presenter in my events. I don't give up on people. They give up on themselves. And this is something that's that I think a lot of people naturally do because when they're confronted with ideas and thoughts, even if they're not working and you confront them on those ideas, 
they will normally try to go back and do the things that they've always done. And that's because most people would rather be humble to fit in and to keep doing what they've always done than confront the ideas and the thoughts that they have that aren't working for them and then do something about it. And this is also why people need to have courage if they really want to achieve great things because you can't fit in you can't be humble and you can't keep doing the same shit that everybody else does if you don't want to live like the same way that everybody else lives. Okay, and statistically in this country, especially in Australia and a lot of the westernized countries around the world, we live in some amazing countries. If you are listening to this from any of the westernized countries, we're pretty fortunate. Unfortunately though, most people are comfortable yet extremely uncomfortable and they're uncomfortable because they're not achieving the results that they want yet they live in a place where they have the capacity to just live a really comfortable life and not really do too much if you go to a third world country where you have to work and you've got to work seven days a week and you've got to work long hours in order to survive then they'll do that in the westernized world we don't really have to work that hard and we can still survive and live a great life compared to the rest of the world yet most people are fairly complacent about that as well so it makes them just want to fit in and just want to be average and they worry about things like whether people judge them or not they don't worry about surviving and working hard and trying to break out of maybe a generational pattern that their past family have had anyway driven mofos i just thought i would talk about this because uh yeah i just find words really really interesting and the word humble sucks so if you're someone who uses it i highly recommend to use something different i really recommend to question the way you try to fit in and your fears and your worries and concerns around fitting in because if you want to fit in and you keep saying you know be humble maybe that's the thing that's stopping you from being great in life and i really believe that people who are great inspire other people to be great and that's the greatest gift that i believe we can give the give the world but maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm projecting onto other people i don't really know but what i do know is that just from being around little kids and seeing little kids Little kids are excited when they're in a nice home. Little kids are excited when they're around awesome people. Little kids are excited when they see cool shit. But what I know is that most adults don't have that same appreciation and that same excitement and enthusiasm for cool things because most adults have given up on their goals and their dreams and most people have been absolutely humbled. And so I don't think that being humbled is a great thing. So anyway, Driven Mofos, get out there, keep crushing it. For all of you out there who have been sharing this podcast with your friends, family, colleagues, people around you, I really do appreciate it. If you're loving this podcast, all I ask, you know, I don't want to run ads. I don't want to do any of that shit. I don't want to sell watches and clocks and fucking everything else that a lot of other podcasts sell. The only thing that I ask is that we just get it out to more people. So if you're loving this podcast, please just share it with one person this week. That's all I ask. Anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. Keep kicking massive goals. And I look forward to you joining me on here for the next episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur.